0: While you're still standing, if you can grab a Bible and turn to Psalm 109, the children are dismissed with Miss Joy for jump start. Anybody? Yeah, I want to go too. Off <laughs> you go. All right, have a great time. And if you, as I say, if you turn to Psalm 119. there you go I said nine first time right (laughs) hey it's 2020 what do you expect okay Psalm 119 verse 105 we're going to be looking at just one verse today your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path this is the word of the Lord Please be seated. Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful to be able to gather in your name, to walk in the light of your word. Would you illuminate now everything you have to say to us? And may the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Well, welcome again to Jacksonville Presbyterian Church, I am Richard Evans, your associate pastor, and I am so glad to be able to share with you the last Sunday of 2020. Ooh. A year that for many of us, we, would, uh, we could be forgiven for thinking has been the worst one in living memory. We've had COVID, we've had fires, we've had loss, we've had sickness, we've had zombie attacks and alien landings. Oh wait a minute, the last two are just things we thought might happen by the end of the year and don't forget it doesn't end until Thursday. (laughs) We're going to take a look back this morning over the last 12 months with a more positive eye and therefore the title of today's message is very deliberate, it's very descriptive, it is Hindsight 2020. We will take a break Briefly from our sermon series in First Peter, uh, which we'll be returning to in the next uh, week. But today we're going to look back on what the year that has now nearly passed, has nearly passed into memory, and we want to look at what, hopefully, is in the rearview mirror as we are going to go forward. Now, why all the doom and gloom, Richard? I might hear you say. Okay, thanks, Barbara. Uh, (laughs) Well, surely the year that has passed has been bad, but it hasn't all been bad. And those of you who know me well enough to know that on occasion I can be a little melancholy, I can focus in on the negative a little bit more than I should, Um, I didn't want to, really what I'm doing as we start is I didn't want to neglect the fact that it has been a tough year. We've gone through some hardship together. But surely that's the key. We have gone through it together. In circumstances and situations that could so easily have torn us all apart, we have stayed together by experiencing this year in our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so the whole point is that we want to look forward positively but having learned a lot of positive things from the year that has passed. We've taken time to be with our families. We've taken time, like never before, to reach out to our friends. We've spent time with those who are physically closest to us, and we've learned how to use modern technology in a way to keep connected, like never before, and not just for entertainment purposes. And we've experienced this together as a body of believers especially. We've had children born within the congregation. We've seen Nate Moyer's hair change colour at least four times. (laughs) A storage shed has been built. We've had shelter for fire victims... We've seen how God has provided in so many ways for so many needs and we've seen growth spiritually. We've seen the Ephraim co-op. We've seen people come to faith and be baptised. New members joining the church. New ministries being started. Not to mention redecoration and remodelling of some of our buildings around the place. And we even made a movie. If you missed it. Four o'clock on Christmas Eve, the movie by the children was premiered and it's now there on YouTube for all of you to see. But throughout all of 2020, the most important activity that we've all been involved in and been able to witness is the faithfulness of God to each and every one of us, to his people, as we have lived out the gospel together. And I believe we have truly experienced the hope of God in our lives, in, yes, a possibly very challenging year. Who knew when this all started, when the year started with hashtag hope for the valley, that it would be the year that it was. And as we move into 2021, we're not leaving that hope behind. We need it more than ever. So when we look back, let us also look forward in God's hope. Now as I prepared the message for today one verse that has stuck out to me all year in fact throughout most of my life has been Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It reassures us, it gives us that hope that we walk not in darkness but in the light. It's one One verse taken from the longest chapter of the Bible and we will look with hindsight at what God has had to say to us over the last 12 months through his word. How has the word been a lamp to our feet and a light to our path so we can be mindful of how it is already illuminating the way into the days that lie ahead? As we enter a new year, over the coming weeks, we will reflect back and share with you the practical events of the year. We will share plans for events and ministries and worship and vision that God is sharing with us. So today we're going to focus more on the theological things that we learned during the past 12 months rather than the practical events, although they'll get a little mention, of course. How many of you know and have been reminded recently on how good God's sense of humour is? Yeah? And his timing, how perfect it always is as well. I've shared before with you that coincidence is a word and a concept that should not be in the vocabulary of a believer in Christ so I shouldn't have been surprised when I looked back as I was preparing on who was preaching and what they preached 12 months ago today on the last Sunday of 2019 yeah it was me (laughs) and it was John 8 verses 12 to 20 Jesus the light of the world again no coincidence we thought together that day about how God is leading us and guiding us and we're safely walking in his light in a very dark world as we were entering a new year then and surely that's the same focus that we need to have today now I was tempted to go back and just re-preach that sermon a see if you noticed and b have the hindsight of 2020 uh, upon those words Because certainly none of us could guess what lay ahead of us, just as we can't guess what God has got in store for us in the next year. But it really reassured us of the fact that we need to walk in the light of the Lord and enter every moment of every day. And it also affirms the very character of God. He does not want us to stumble. He does not want us to fall. Another psalm that reassures us of this is Psalm The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Now, this does not deny the fact that we will go through dark valleys in our lives. Psalm 23 verse 4 says it clearly. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Clearly, this is the way we are meant to go. Although this sermon is meant to be a break in our series, Sojourners Strangers in a Strange Land, surely, in order to navigate that strange land in which we live, walking in the light of the Word of God is the only way to truly go forward with him. Now one thing to realise is that the psalmist is deliberately describing light in two different ways, illumination in two different ways. A lamp is referred to as the light in the darkness, the light at night. Maybe you have a reading lamp by the side of your bed. I've recently got one that I can tell Alexa to turn on and off, you know. That kind of light at night. And then the light to my path is talking about the light that shines, the illumination that we have during the light, during the daytime, to guide our way, to illuminate literally our path, the direction that we should be going. And so really, the psalmist is saying God is our light In the darkness and in the light, in the day and in the night, at all times. And also, of course, travelling then took place during the day. Rest at night. Travel in the Word of God. Rest in the Word of God. How many times a day do we read the Word of God? Once, typically? If we're honest, maybe once? Here, the indication is that we should be doing at least twice, right? morning and night as many of you know I'm particularly fond of preachers and commentators from the past and one of my favorites is is Spurgeon uh, partly because he just had a great way of illuminating the word by not adding a lot of fancy and difficult to understand words and he, he did often concentrate on one verse at a time and it's amazing how much you can get out of just one verse of scripture also he wrote and one of his most famous writings is called morning and evening and it is A devotional designed to be read at morning and at night. And again, just short, powerful words directly illuminating Scripture. It's a great way of looking back at the day that is gone and looking forward to the day that is to come and just being in the moment. Well, as I said, we're going to look back today more kind of theologically we're going to look back over our sermon series and messages that have been shared over the last 12 months but more importantly how God has taught us and led us and been with us through his word again hindsight literally being 2020 what have been the main takeaways from a year that you've spent in God's word Well, can you believe it? It's only four short months since we finished our study in John's Gospel. I know how many of you feel it's like years ago, right? Yeah, there's a few of us, but it was just four months ago. And throughout our time in the fourth Gospel, we learned so much, we were reminded of so much. But I would suggest to you the overarching theme was the person and work of Jesus Christ. On just who he was and who he is and the fact that we can only be saved by faith in him and him alone. That God paid an incredibly costly price, the life, death, and resurrection of his son, so that we might have eternal life with him. And it costs us nothing. You might remember that the gospel opens with the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John one, 1. And ends in John 21.25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. In between the word and talking about all the things that would be written or could be written, we see God Speaking his word, living his word, and his word as we have it now written down. The purpose and plan of God clearly throughout every syllable to save, redeem, and change lives forever. Well I want to take us on a very quick tour through our study of John's gospel and not by repeating everything but by simply looking at one major character but it's not a major character in the way you might be thinking it's not one of the 12 it's not even Jesus himself although of course it will be in relation to him it isn't somebody you might majorly think of as. It's more like a recurring character, a recurring guest star on a television show, you know, that comes in and out of the series from time to time. Somebody that certainly, as we meet them on a numerous occasions throughout the gospel, moves closer and closer towards belief and faith in Jesus Christ. And it illustrates well for us the change that comes from knowing Jesus in our lives and in our experience. Anyone want to have a guess who that was? Anybody? Anybody? It's Nicodemus. He first appears in chapter 3. And over half of the chapter is taken up with this discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus about the need to be born again. He's a Pharisee who comes by night because he's at least intrigued with what Jesus has been saying and doing. So let's look at that discussion For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Perhaps the most famous and important verses of the gospel of John and it is the very good news itself is contained here in John 3:16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the seed is firmly planted in Nicodemus. And it's left there. It's watered and left to grow. And very often that is our experience as well. How has the truth of the gospel become true to you over time? Was it through the words of a believer? Was it reading the scriptures for yourself? A coincidence? That really isn't a coincidence, but God instance. Working in your life. If you're a Christian then you've been called, and you've been called not only to have faith in him and be saved by him, but to also plant seeds in the lives of other people as well. And we can often see that in hindsight as you look back. How has God been doing that in your experience? How has he been speaking to you in 2020? Through the pain and the suffering, the joys and the answers to prayer, the opportunities to not only alleviate the suffering and the hardship of others financially and physically, but the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ and the word of God to make a disciple. It can be gradual, like it is here with Nicodemus, or it can be more instant. However, the important thing is that growing as a disciple is a continual process. It takes time. It takes a lifetime. For when we say make disciples and be disciples who make disciples, we're not just talking of conversion. The work does not end once acceptance has happened. The changes continue. Growth is ongoing. We are forgiven, accepted, adopted in an instant. But growth as disciples is ongoing from that point until the end of our earthly lives. Okay, back to Nicodemus. He shows up again in chapter 7, verses 50 and 51. And it would appear by this time that he's grown closer to knowing Jesus, maybe accepting him and who Jesus was, and he even stands up for Jesus here, and says that Jesus needs to be heard out. He reminds his colleagues in the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, that no one should be judged before they are heard, and so gives Jesus an opportunity to speak. He may not be fully committed to him at this point, but he is prepared to have other people hear from Jesus himself. Verses 50 and 51 of chapter 7. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our Lord judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Again, there may well be some of you here today, and certainly we've all been there, but that is the point in our journey of faith. We want other people to hear from Jesus, but we're still not fully committed to him in every way the good news is that Jesus is still in the in the people's lives he's still working in his people's lives and the final time we see Nicodemus in the gospels we really get an impression he's moved even closer to Jesus and at the very least perhaps is a secret believer in the Messiah. Because we see him at Jesus' burial. He comes with Joseph of Arimathea, he brings the spices, and he helps wrap Jesus' body and put it into the tomb. In John 19, 39 to 42, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So he took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. So we see this progression in the relationship of Nicodemus to Jesus. And I pray this will be true of us as well in the year to come, that we will get closer and closer and closer to Jesus if we know him already, and we will see more and more people come to know him and move closer to him in the year that lies ahead. As we continue in the year, as we continued in our year together over the past 12 months, we kept adapting to situations as they arose and being able to stay in God's word. And Pastor Dustin really helped us with this, with the, uh, the introduction of the Ephraim Co-op. Uh, so even though we were physically distanced, we could be together. And perhaps with hindsight, the Ephraim Co-op is one of the greatest blessings of 2020. Now, if you're thinking, Co-op, Ephraim, what's that all about? If this is your first time here or the first time watching online... <laughs> It is our daily Bible readings that we do apart and yet together. There is prayers to read and pray, scripture to read through, even a song each week to listen to and see how God is moving us, and then the opportunity to journal about it and write things down how God is leading us and if you want to know more you can download our church app you can look at our website or ask any one of us now as I say we do journal and this past week one of the verses that jumped out of the page uh, and I had to write down was Proverbs twenty twenty four: a man's steps are from the Lord how then can man understand his way surely by being in the light of the word of God Seeing by the lamp and the light as we sojourn together is how we understand the steps that God is giving us along the way. We don't always know exactly the journey, but we do know the final destination. The co-op itself is allowing us to focus on the lamp and the light of God's word. Out of that time came our sermon series on everyday disciples, just a matter of a few weeks ago, really, in hindsight, that it was just talking about being everyday disciples in the sense of ordinary disciples. And also the double meaning of being disciples every single day. Not just one day a week, not just every other day, not just when we feel like it, but every single day. And we covered in that series things like private worship, corporate worship, fellowship, fasting, silence, solitude, and scribing, um, and rest. All vitally important in the life of anybody, and especially of the Christian. And I would encourage you to take time to listen to those messages again as we enter into a new year, because they're great preparation for us to face another year that will have its own unique challenges and opportunities and encouragements. And whilst I have been told the theme verse for next year and the vision, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just watch this space and we will be sharing it very soon. But by continually, continually practicing those rhythms of everyday discipleship, indeed we will be living in the light of God and in the light of his word. So allow that to lead us and guide us, inform our decisions and our direction. And we had the perfect opportunity to put all of this into practice during the year with COVID and the fires, as well as the usual rhythms of the life of the year. We made connections not only with our own congregation, but with our community in ways that we would not have happened had it not been for these circumstances. Now, I'm not saying that God caused them to wake us up to the fact that we need to be looking outward more and more, but I do think that he uses those kind of circumstances to remind us of the mission that he gives to us each day, that we are prepared to respond and focus on the need to do so. The local disaster relief fund was set up years ago, and we've been tucking money away in it for a day, and the day came, and we were able to bless people and and alleviate some of that physical uh, need but also to connect with people as I say in a way we never thought we'd be able to and be able to reach the community and witness to the love of God for them finally of course we've been thinking about sojourning and strangers in a strange land we've had Christmas, little Christmas break this past week by the way it's still Christmas until January 6th so if you're like me and you haven't got all your cards out yet, there's still time, okay? So, but certainly we're in this series now, Strangers in a Strange Land, Sojourners, and so far we have looked together at hope, resurrected lives regenerated lives identity our example there's so much still to come in this series stick with us this originally we thought would be done by advent it's not going to be done until lent there is just so much there in first peter for us to learn from i'm excited i hope you're excited for 2021 and not just because it's not 2020 but because God has used 2020 and every year before it to prepare us for whatever is coming next, He has remained faithful and continually revealed Himself to be who He is. And as we like to say around here and believe, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. So, what's next? What are we going to take with us from the year that has passed? I believe there are many, many positive things, and I just want to share three with you. Think of these. We have an even greater emphasis on God's word in our daily lives. A deeper understanding of who God is and how important Jesus is to us daily. And a more focused love and understanding of our neighbours physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I want to suggest some homework for you to do by the end of the year and as i say the end of the year is thursday all right thursday night so between now and thursday night why not write down three positive encouraging things that have happened or you've been encouraged by things you've learned from the year that is gone in order to illuminate the way into the year that is to come so looking back let us look forward knowing God has great plans and he leads in his light for his word is a lamp to our feet and his light and to our path. To his name be the glory, the honour and the praise now and forever. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that through everything you are with us, you lead us and guide us, you do not forsake us or leave us ever. Jesus, it's only because of you that we are here and that we can have a relationship like many of us have. We pray as this year ends and a new one begins that we will just see a continuation of your love poured out upon your people, more people coming to know you and love you and walk in the light of your word and of your truth. Holy Spirit, have your way among us. May power and might and glory and honor all be pointed towards you, God. May we not think about ourselves, but think of you, and then see ourselves in the light of your love for us. This and more we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.